Senior executives know that to stay on top of your game, you need to constantly challenge and develop yourself. IMI's new senior executive experience delivers future-focused bite-sized learning. Gain invaluable tools and insights in areas like organisation resilience and digital transformation to shape the future of your organisation. Visit imi.ie for details. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the IMI Talking Leadership Podcast. Today I'm joined by Dr. Ruth Gautian, who is the Chief Learning Officer and Assistant Professor of Education in Anesthesiology and former Assistant Dean of Mentoring and Executive Director of the Mentoring Academy at Weill Cornell Medicine. In 2021, she was one of 30 people worldwide to be named the Thinkers 50 Radar List, dubbed the Oscars of Management Thinking. And she's a semi-finalist for the Forbes 50 over 50 list. Ruth studies the performance of extreme high achievers, Olympic athletes, astronauts, those kinds of people, to understand how we as business leaders can channel some of their practices to achieve our own definition of success. Ruth recently joined us for an IMI masterclass, and today we'll be speaking about some practical learnings that leaders can go away and implement in their own businesses. Ruth, please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a bit about your research. Hi, everyone. Greetings from New York City. It's Dr. Ruth Gautian. I have been fascinated and obsessed with success, not just success, extreme success, because I don't believe anyone wakes up in the morning aiming to be average. I think people want to succeed and don't really know how to get there. So at the age of 43, I went back to school to get my doctorate and study this. And I have been taking a deep dive studying success ever since. And I get to hang out with astronauts and Nobel Prize winners and fun people like that. Now, Ruth, you found that all of these high achievers had four things in common. And the first one is intrinsic motivation. And that's really this concept of loving what you do and trying to incorporate what you enjoy and what you're good at into your tasks at your job and in your your day to day. So how can business leaders do this, whether that's for themselves or for their followers, their team members in their day-to-day in their organizations? You know, there's research that shows if we spend 20% of our time doing what we love, it reduces burnout. And we need to find what it is that we love. And it may not be what it was when we were 20 years old because people change over time. So we need to find out what we are intrinsically motivated to do. What is it that we would do for free If we could, it actually feels more like play than work. What are those things? And when I work with people, I take them through what's called a passion audit. And this is what we did in the masterclass. We see we did a passion audit to figure out and differentiate between what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you enjoy doing, what you don't enjoy doing, and what feels like play more than work. So the the passion audit is an exercise that that we do with individuals and with teams, um, and it is it's part of the the success factor work that I do. That's great, Ruth. And during the passion audit in the masterclass, I think a lot of us discovered a couple of things that we really enjoy doing that we can start doing a little bit more of in our day to day jobs. And I think that that really works whether you're a leader within the organization or whether you're a team member and you can use that passion audit to 
figure out what it is that you're good at and what you want to devote that 20% of your time towards. That's a really, really great exercise. Now, the second factor is perseverance. And that's the idea that high achievers know they'll succeed. It's just a case of how they'll get there. And you use the example of a NASA employee who had to apply for 10 years before she was successful in becoming an astronaut. And she went on to extreme success within NASA. And now we're obviously not all astronauts, but do you have some tips on perseverance that leaders within organizations can follow? Absolutely. And I, and you were referencing Dr. Peggy Whitson, who worked as a biochemist at NASA, always dreamed of becoming an astronaut, but was turned down like most astronauts over and over again. Um, ultimately, she went on to become the first female commander of the International Space Station. But whether you're an astronaut or an Olympic champions, it's really how you approach challenges, which can differentiate you between someone who's average and someone who's a high achiever. So these high achievers, they never question if they are going to succeed. They know they will. They'll go over, under, through it. They'll get to the other side. The question is how, and the focus is always on what is the strategy I have not thought of yet. Once you start doing that, you are now in control of the situations. And what high achievers do better than anyone is control what they can control. They block out what is out of their control, right? We were all faced in the pandemic. We could not control the pandemic, but we can control what we do with ourselves during the pandemic. That's why when the Olympics were postponed for a year, the athletes did not drop out. Even though they couldn't get to the gym, they found another way to train. And that doesn't matter if you're in a corporate workplace or if you are an elite athlete. What is the situation that you can control? What is the goal that you have? And what is the strategy you haven't thought of yet? The second you do that, you will see things start to shift and things will start to succeed. You will start to succeed and achieve. I think that's really important to focus on what we can control. And that really puts things into perspective and allows us as business leaders to focus on what's important as opposed to what's out of our control. And your third factor is a good grounding in the basics. And the example here is that a champion athlete often does the same warm-up exercises as a teenager who's doing the same sport. So what do you think are some of those basic groundings that a business leader needs to get right within themselves? Look, what it, what is it that you are best at? What made you so great? Those are the things that you should not give up doing. They should become muscle memory. You don't say, oh, I've done this a million times. I don't need to do it again. As leaders, we need to communicate, for example. And we need to communicate in multiple forms, in the written form, in spoken form. If we know, don't practice that, if we just rely on our past experiences, it's going to start getting sloppy. It's going to start getting boring. But if you can start practicing these things, so much so that if something is taken away, let's say the technology falls, the internet falls, you can still go because you have practiced it so much that it's just ingrained and it's a part of who you are. That's why the athletes still do the same warm-up skills. Scientists are still designing their experiments. And very often leaders are still writing 
their communication. They have other people who fill in, but they are the ones who are bringing in the big ideas. And I think that's something that we can all do from the boardroom to the gym. That's really interesting, Ruth. And I think that that kind of piece of of doing what you're good at and that becoming muscle memory, I think that that gets lost sometimes amongst business leaders. So it's really something thought-provoking to keep in mind. So now you've got your intrinsic motivation, you've got your perseverance, and you've got your grounding in the basics. The final factor is continuous learning. And some of the more obvious ways of learning are things like taking part in a program, doing a lot of reading, but there are so many other ways for leaders to keep learning on a daily basis. What are some of the ways that people can do this, especially when you take into account that high achieving business leaders are often very time poor when it comes to their competing commitments with work and home. So how can they ensure that they're learning all the time? Yes, look, we all have competing commitments. And, uh, you know, I mentioned I went back to school later in life. That is not for everyone. That is not necessary for everyone. Not everything needs another degree. But there's so many other ways that we can open our minds up to new knowledge. Because when you start doing that, you start making connections that other people don't yet see. So you can read books. You can read articles. You can listen to podcasts such as this one. Hopefully people are learning new things. Watch TED Talks, watch webinars, take LinkedIn learning courses, take master classes at IMI. There's so many ways that you can learn new things. And of course, don't be afraid to talk to people. All the high achievers surrounded themselves with a team of mentors who were their guides by their sides and offered them perspective when they needed it most. Thanks very much for that, Ruth. Now, you mentioned the IMI masterclasses, like the one that you did for us a couple of weeks ago. And I want to bring it back to that masterclass and talk a little bit about a kind of informal research piece we did in the room during that masterclass. So we surveyed the business leaders who were in that room to find out what their definition of success was. And it was done completely anonymously so everyone could be really honest And when I looked at the results, I thought it was really, really interesting that the top three definitions that the most people said were achieving goals, happiness and financial stability. So I want to hear from you, Ruth, is that what you would be expecting? And is that what you hear from a lot of audiences? Or would you be more expecting to hear kind of the traditional or what the media defines as success? So things like becoming a CEO, earning a million euro, that sort of thing. What do you think of the the definitions of success that we got from our leaders? I think it's pretty common. Um, and this is an exercise that I, I do often with people. And people want to achieve their goals and be financially stable and have some balance in their lives. The problem is that while we say these things, we don't define what that would look like. And therein lies the problem is that we say this is what we want, but what's it going to look like once we get there? And that's the missing piece that that people are missing. They're also missing someone who can hold them accountable. But we all want to succeed. That's how we kicked off our conversation. We all have these goals that we want to achieve. There's a lot of research that I've been doing over the years. These are very, very common answers that I hear. Um, but the difference between having these goals and having these definitions of success and going after them 
is by naming what it will look like. Because once you name what it'll look like and start defining what it will take to get there, you now have an action plan. So interesting. Thank you, Ruth. And I think that's really important, getting down exactly what that goal is that you want to achieve, because that is your first step towards getting there. So Ruth, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today on the IMI Talking Leadership Podcast. And thank you to everyone for listening. You can follow us on SoundCloud or on your preferred podcast provider to ensure that you don't miss an episode. Until next time.